new, improved, and without echo. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> it's Wednesday. It is. <laughs> and we are back in Silent Wood Studios, which yeah. is exciting with a new mic setup. It's the best. And I'm Naomi. And I'm Liz. And we're the Run Galloway Girls. Yay. Yay. So welcome to the show. Um, we are about a week into our taper. Yeah. I mean, our reverse taper. Our reverse taper. <laughs> yeah. We marathoned. It's crazy. It was We ran a marathon a week ago or 10 yeah. days ago. Which is nuts. But we have committed to setting a good example on how to reverse taper, how to recover, how to honor the marathon that you've run yes, and not just jump right back into training. Because let me tell you, I would love to jump right back into training, but (laughs) I know know you have some injuries that you're working through. And I've jumped right back into training so many times. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise maybe that I still have these injuries that I'm like, I have to baby myself, even though I actually feel really, really good. Other than like those hot spots, yeah. Like yeah. overall, I feel recovered emotionally, like physically, mentally, right. or mentally. Aside from those things, but you've been plagued with those injuries the entire cycle. So, well, at least the foot. <laughs> yes, the foot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we are. Oh, okay. The computer froze. Gave us a little little panic <laughs> attack uh, on this Wednesday morning. So we have had the least amount of technical difficulties today. Yay! That's one of so these days exciting. we're going to get it to where it's just it smooth sailing. But so exciting though because this has been such a labor of love to put this together. Yeah. And we have had so much fun. And we are just so happy that so many of you like to listen. Yes, we really, um, yeah, this podcast, like I think we said a few times, we would probably record even if we had zero listeners. I have no idea how many people listen, but yeah, it's just something that's so fun for us. And we just want to share, really, it's just about sharing our love of the sport, bringing, you know, whatever little tidbits we have picked up over time um, and trying to give them out to you guys because we're all in this learning together. Like it's experience just keeps building on itself. So Yeah. And so our whole goal in starting this was um to empower people to start running and empower people to improve. So and especially to elevate the Galloway method because I think that um so many people still assume that in order if you're a Galloway runner, you are back of the pack. You're yeah. 15 minute miles, you're eleven minute miles. And last night, I made a pretty big proclamation uh, via text. Yes. So I put that I am going to qualify for the 2026 Boston Marathon, and I'm going to have a baby, and then six to nine months later, have my first BQ attempt. Attempt. So, yeah, put it out into the universe and just like manifest that belief that you know I can do this. Yeah. We. I mean, I feel like you know that's how you have to be in order to like go for big goals. You have to be able to like just kind of go put it out there and say, I'm going to do this. Well, I think mentally the reason I can do that and if we fall short on it, I'll still be okay is going into this season. I put out like 340 (laughs) after a literally literally a year of no running. We should look, we should like one day, like comb through my Garmin data. I literally had no running, um, very, very minimal training to get to Boston in 2022. Right. And then, I mean, six months off And then dropped off again. Yeah. Six months off after. 
And so I relied on my previous fitness to get me through Boston 2022. And then, but now was able to run mountains to beach so strong with six months of training. I'm like, okay, if I can just carry where, I am, where I'm at right now forward, right. then I think that there's definitely, I mean, 338 seems so possible and that would be a BQ. Yeah. So especially it's, in the 40, in the 40 to 45 range. Right. <laughs> and it's so, it's hard because of the pregnancy factor is such a like. Oh, it's an unknown. It's a complete unknown. Like, you know, how you'll feel, whether you'll be able to, you know, pro- continue. But that six to nine month postpartum window is a great window like yeah, where you still have, you have all increased the blood, blood volume that's yes. what I'm like leaning for so here's kind of my plan I am just going to reach out probably to Megan and David Roach and be like okay so how do I come back real strong <laughs> um but no my plan is a, a shit ton of low aerobic base um like volume over intensity uh, keep a little pep in my legs for short distances when I can. Um, focus on sleep, you know, and and we'll kind of we'll kind of see what happens there. Yeah, so. and I don't even know. Like when I was like texting you back, I my thought wasn't that you couldn't do it. it was like I don't know that I can do well, it. You can do it. So. You can do it. But I know. I knew that as soon as I said it. So that's why I texted you. Sorry, that was my protein shake. Shaking up. Um, I texted Naomi on. on. I texted that on a group chat, and then I texted her privately. I was like, "We can do it. Don't worry, we can do it. It's so doable. We can do it." Because I have to like get my like little positivity into her head. Yes, and I do think that given what we did in this cycle, and the fact that we ran like a whole lot of 30 30s and then those 40 20s for the middle section of this marathon, you know, I feel like if we could literally just stretch out to 60 30s, then there you have it. Like we, we will be, we will be so much faster if we can just like get our fitness to stretch it out. I know. I'm, I'm kind of thinking that that 338 is going to be at at the longest running interval would be 90 30s. Right. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Or, you know, possibly a 60 20 Mm-hmm. Or something like right. that. Like right. I don't foresee doing a three and thirty to do no. this. Um, I really foresee lots of little walk breaks. At, I mean, maybe chopping to fifteens, but I like my thirties. I really right. do. So, yeah. Um, I, I and like looking at it, like eight, like three thirty eight is actually eight twenty. I'm like. 820. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> it helps that you've done it before. So it can, does help. It does know. help that I do have the blind confidence that I've done 332. So right. it, it doesn't. Um, but I I mean, I was I was like looking at the Jack Daniels chart, which is a great like that's the V.02. And you can download the free app. There's a V.02 calculator where you can put in your times and see what Jack Daniels predicts for um, being able to run certain goals. Now, there's a big caveat with yeah. this. The marathon is a little aggressive at these times. On Jack Daniels there are so chart. there are very few people that line up exactly on the chart. Right. I happen to line up ten mile and above, but not necessarily and, my five K and below. And I've always lined up from everything up to the half. So like yeah. mile, 5K, 10K, all the way up. No, almost your, perfectly. your 5K is faster. 
Your five so, K is faster, so you but then when you put but then my marathon's way slower than what I'm right. capable and of in the short distance. My five K is too slow. My five K it's too slow for what I can do in the ten, the half, and the full. Yeah. So it's it's the so that is a little asterisk there, but it does give you an idea that that's kind of the minimum you need to be able to do before you should train for a goal. So I gave. You know, Sarah, we've been talking a lot about what her goals should be, and I really think a 26.30 in the 5K is a perfect first goal. And then, and you know, that's in line with a two with a two hour half, which is awesome. And so, if we can get her to a 26.30, and then I would even say if we can try to then see if she can go, you know, under 26, maybe 25 before she even attempts a two, a sub two half, because being so much faster than the production can only in the shorter distances can only help you right. when you move to the longer distances, they're not going to hurt you. Um, as long as you've done the appropriate training that's, for the longer distance. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. I think that's the key difference is that on like the V dot chart, it's like, you've got these are the times that you theoretically could do, but each of them requires the work to get to the yeah. next level. So if you're looking at the 5K times and you got to that, but you want to get to the half time, it's still going to, you've got the speed now, but now you've got to do the work. And yeah, and you have to do the appropriate work for that distance. Yeah. Um, I, there was a long time where I really just did only slow miles and I raced 5Ks and I was kind of stuck in this zone in the half where... I mean, it was good, but it wasn't great. It and wasn't I wasn't your potential. really improving. But I also, like, it was fun. And it, it was fun and it was fine. Right. <laughs> you know, it was fine for, and it wasn't until I started to do specific workouts that I really started to see huge improvements in my time. Now, you know, if you actually look back at the beginning of our training together, we did a lot of gray zone running without realizing it because it felt so much easier for Naomi because she had been gray zone running straight. Yep. So to gray zone run in intervals felt easier. And I had been just doing so much easy running that by the time I added, um, I was like running speed. It just felt like my natural speed. So... And um, so that's where being really specific with our runs, and I think we've swung to the pendulum almost to the opposite side where we're yeah. like way too – we don't like to get into that intensity zone. But I think that this cycle, it wasn't necessarily that we didn't want to get into that intensity zone. It's that every time we did, we got injured. Yeah, and I think the other I mean, thing, like that – the hopes to go for those speed times is like that's one type of goal and really that's just it's not the only thing out there like no no so no. i think that's the other thing too that we've come around to of of how to run without it just being for time goals and so you could be like you could be doing all those 5k's and as long as you're happy with oh yeah it doesn't matter like okay so what you're not running you know a, to your potential in the in those longer distances but if that's not what you want to do then who cares right. Especially it's what you want to do like the longer distances it's okay to not like the marathon it's yeah. okay to like <laughs> to run 5 and 10k's period that's it that is okay it is okay to like running in your gray zone and run all of your runs at 9:45 and race your races at 9:45 and never improve that is okay. Now, if you are looking for improvement, that's when you have to change. You have to do something yeah. different to get something you've never had before. Yeah. Um, you know, I I would definitely say that, you know, I I think there were a lot of times this past cycle where I was I was really afraid, really afraid to start 
doing our workouts because I knew I was walking on the line, the fine line of like being able to do it and possibly derailing myself again. Um, because I'm thinking back the first time I dealt with the leg issues was our very first workout where, well, it wasn't our, our four by one. It was our three miles downhill. Mm, right, 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 right. And so I had those lower leg pains and then, you know, they kind of staved off and then we did something else and I got them again. And then we did the 10, the 10 miler and I got them again. And then we did the half and I could barely walk. And so I was like, you know, anytime I tried to push my speed, my, my physical body, it wasn't my endurance. That's actually the funny thing. It right. was literally my muscles were like, we remember how to do this. We will let you finish, but you don't get to walk next week. That's, that's <laughs> uh, literally what my body said. They're yeah. like, okay, muscle memory will let you cross the right. finish line, but this ain't because I mean, there is nothing in our training prior to doing it that predicted, except for my history, that predicted that we could actually run, that I could run as fast as we did at those races. Yeah. You had the fitness for it. I, so. You had foot pain. But I had the fitness, but doing double the amount of running time. So Mm -hmm. last fall when I, you know, was fit and having a great cycle, I was running for much longer. I was doing two and thirties or whatever it was to hit the same paces that we would then hit with like 60, 30. So I didn't have, I hadn't been able to show the speed in my legs to that level. And I don't think I ever have. I've never been able to run as short of intervals and do as fast of a finish. So I'm like super thrilled with like what that shows and how, the adaptation that we've made there. I know. I'm almost like super, like, I'm almost like really want to work on that 60, 30 or 40, 20 half. Like, yeah. Like part of me is like thinking, like, obviously we're signed up for Marine Corps. There's a possibility that I'm going to be able to run it even if pregnancy happens. It's not probable, but it's possible. It depends on when, when it actually happens. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that it is possible to like improve on this half, even, you know, into early, early, late fall. And, you know, the Army 10 miler feel really feels like a great kind of goal race for me. Yeah. This season. Not that like that will end my season, but that might be the one that I'm going to focus my intent, my intention on. Right. Um, just because it's local, it's a 10-miler. 10-milers are They're the amazing. Best. It's a great um, course. I love that race. It was my first race. Oh, that's so cool. So yeah. Bring it full circle. I had done some 5Ks before and uh, with my family. My mom became a runner in 2000, in 99 or 2000, and she did the Women's Distance Training Program, which um, Reston Runners puts on, and it's really, it's a great program. It really got her into running. Yeah. And then she started to do 5Ks. And then she and her sister decided they were going to do a marathon. And they signed up for Jeff Galloway's training program. And they did the 2001 Marine Corps right after September 11th. They had diverted the course so that it would go around the Pentagon. It was 
it was a really great race. And I went and I took pictures all over DC mm-hmm. for it, which was very, very cool. That was Scott's PR. So yeah. you were there when he ran his 311 oh, or whatever. That's crazy. <laughs> I was actually, well, I was up on the press bridge two hours after that. Yeah. I batted my little eyelashes out of Marine <laughs> so that I could get on the finish line press bridge. Oh, that's so and cool. And I took finisher pictures of my mom Aww. with my phone camera. And in fact, I got a job working for a company that was taking finisher pictures because I could use an SLR. That's so cool. Um, Yeah. So they're like, oh, you can use, I was like, oh yeah, I'm a photographer. I'm contracted with the local paper because I had sold, I had sold pictures to the paper in high school one time. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm with the local paper. Of course. Do it once and you're a pr- whatever yeah, it and is. And then do it twice and you're an expert. Like there's yeah, some. <laughs> exactly. And that's the philosophy I follow. And like blind confidence and nothing to back it up. Yeah. That's, you know, and blind confidence that leads to success. Um, that is my ADHD trait. <laughs> but that's so cool. Yeah. And that's so, so cool. I, we have really, really cool pictures of her finishing. So cool. And like I had, I mean, because my dad had given it to me, I have really cool camera gear. Like, yeah. Where other photographers would be like, that's a nice piece of glass. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. I was, it was so cool. Yeah. yeah. So my mom has amazing pictures of her very first marathon. That's which is, so nice. Which that's is really awesome. Such a good thing. Um, and I don't know if we have any of Scott, but yeah. he was running for the Marines. Like they sent yeah. him up with a well, bib that's awesome. from South Carolina. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, I, had never done really more than a 5K, and my mom was going to do all the military races in the fall oh, I love of, it. of 2008, but then my dad got orders to Germany, so she couldn't. So, Or sorry, was it 2008? 2007. 2007. So my mom got orders to Germany, or my dad did, and so I was like, you know, I'm going to go to the Army 10 Miler packet pickup, and I'm going to see if they're going to let me get your bib because my last name is the same. <laughs> and they did. And I showed up to the Pentagon. I pinned the bib on. <laughs> and I went back in the corral. And I found some woman who was walking the whole race. And um, I walked like four, five miles with her. And my legs got real tired of walking. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to run now. And I did like an hour 53 or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, I'm coming back. And I'm going to do better next yeah. year. And so I signed up the following year and I ran my first 10 miler and I ran a 128. Yeah. And so that was like my, my first like little peak that like, oh, I might be somewhat good at this to be able to run under nine minute miles. In the longer distance. At a 10 mile. Yeah. I was like, oh, I might be good at this. And then so 2009, I did a half and it was like under two hours. I was like, oh, I might, because like everybody's like, you were under two hours. On your first half? On your first half? That's amazing. It is really good. But it wasn't under nine minute miles, like, because I was like at (laughs) 9.03. I was like, so I wasn't good at it. So then it was like, gotta get better. (laughs) Yeah. That's, and like, that's, I feel that feeling right now of like, I just like, you know, put my little times up on my little chalkboard PRs and I have like something to beat and it's great because it feels like it's still, you know, I'm still way off my lifetime PRs for all of it. And I, that's okay. I yeah. still have like something to beat now, and it's cool to have that I, incentive. I really think that we are going to crush the next group of races that we do. Um, I'm a little nervous about a 5K, actually. Like I'm a little nervous <laughs> about like really running, but I mean, there's um, 
it, as long as there's a couple of walk breaks in there, I think I can do a pretty good 5K. Yeah. I'd like to try 80-20 when we do, I mean, yeah. that's what I did my 26-14 in, in January yeah. or in December. So I'd like to, um, I'd like to maybe try that or... Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll give it a knows? shot. Yeah. I, I mean, the shorter intervals now, I'm all about it. All normally, about I just it. Yes. normally I just run five k straight through. And I now know. I'm like maybe I could, you know, do well, shorter. I mean, intervals. you could always have your straight five k. You could always divide it and have two have PRs. Two different times. You could have mm-hmm. a straight five k PR an and then an interval PR. Yeah. And and then it just can be like, like just like I have lifetime ones that I may never touch, yeah. and that's okay. No, you're going to. We are going to run a three thirty eight, <laughs> and we're going to yes. qualify for Boston. With a three thirty eight, yes, at that's some the one. Point. That's one I definitely will beat. I will beat my marathon PR at some well, point. And I really think that's a so. given. One of the reasons why I put that time goal out there is I had to map out time wise. Is it possible to qualify for twenty twenty six? Yeah. And when do I need to focus on training in order to do it? Right. So, kind of. Plan one, if this next IVF cycle, and so for actually to fill you guys all in, I started priming for my sixth IVF cycle, So, which is very strange. I started birth control pills, which feels <laughs> counterintuitive, but what they are is like IVF readiness pills. So they kind of suppress everything down and calm, them, calm everything down so that you reset kind of all synced up. There is a risk because I'm older and I have diminished ovarian reserve that it could suppress me too much, which could like delay it. Like it could make it to where it's not good, not a good time to start or I don't get any response. And I do have kind of a plan. If that happens, I'm going to ditch the cycle and push everything off a month. So we already have a plan in place for that. Anyway, um, but if the cycle works, then I will have a baby next spring, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it will mean that I'll miss Jeff's race if the cycle works. Oh, my gosh. Right. So, uh, yeah. Because I will be due I on March 19th. And like, Jeff's th- race has officially announced yes. it is coming back, and it will be March 16th. Mar- so March 16th is the Friday. I believe the actual half is on. So, of course, it's a race weekend. And yeah. hopefully, I'll definitely make it but so i believe race day will be the 17th st patrick's day for the for the oh, march 16th is the saturday 16th yeah. is the saturday yeah so and he race, has an or yeah. race day yeah i don't oh, know wait, if look at it the 16th 24th. is the 16th saturday race day sunday sunday the 17th yeah. so we'll definitely get you guys codes um discount codes and there's yeah, also of course a virtual and uh yeah hopefully i'll be able to go back down to atlanta to run it it was so fun such a great weekend and that will be my consolation prize if the cycle doesn't right. work because then my next possible due date would be in May. So, so you could still potentially fly. Months, uh, seven months, yeah. I could still travel down there and waddle my way through. Waddle, do the 5K yeah. at least, worst case. Yeah, waddle my way through, and maybe maybe um, maybe um they'll let me announce. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'll talk to Carissa about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it will be... Um, it will be very exciting, mm-hmm. um, but I had to kind of plan out, all right, what is the first possible race that I could potentially train for? And at first I was like, oh, I can train for one of those September last chances and try to get in 2025. No. It, even It'll be too with early. the earliest due yeah. date, that September is six months postpartum. I put into my plan taking two full months of recovery, so right. that's eight weeks, and not really training. Like, my first, like, kind of racing I want to do will be about nine months postpartum. Yeah. Um, and I think, based on 
other people based on what I've read, like nine months is not too soon. It's possible that I could be ready six months, but I don't want to bank on that. No. So that's where I'm like, all right, nine months postpartum, that if I'm doing March gets us to CIM, which would be amazing. That would be a great first race back. I love CIM. Um, And so that would be one idea. And then if that didn't work, there's always Disney, there's uh, Houston, and there's Mesa. So I could yeah. get one of those one of those December through Winter February. Ones. Yeah. Then Mountains to Beach, which we just love. So we're yeah. gonna come back. Um, or even like Ventura, which is now in February. Oh, we can oh, look at okay. other Instead options. Instead of Mesa, the, yeah. Yeah. Or so, we can look at all the options. Yeah. So we get closer. And so Mountains to Beach in May would be another idea. And then yeah. those either the tunnel marathons in September or one of those. Or last July chance. even. They have a tunnel, I yeah. think. So, so or Jack and Jill. It's even downhill. possible to be able to like have multiple chances. Let's say we run like 42. And then we need like three months right. to build or right. eight weeks or whatever to build back. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. so it's possible and like that this, I mean, it's very, it's not just possible. It's very probable that we can get into the fitness to do this as long as we're intentional and smart and we don't go into training with any injuries and that we take care of injuries as they happen. Yeah. And like with my first, and since this will be your first, it might, you know, maybe it'll follow that trajectory. I like didn't, (laughs) I know I, I like didn't run through pregnancy at all with my daughter, but then by six months, um, and I had only run halves before, but by six months I did the rest in 10 miler and then the rest in half because that, at that time it was still in March. And so she was, yeah, so she was six months, six, seven months. And I ran them in exactly the times I had run yeah. pre-pregnancy. So my fitness was literally back to where it was. I hadn't improved yet on pre-pregnancy fitness, but like I was still an early on, it was still early in my running. So, I had only run one half and one 10 miler before her. And then I literally came back. So it's it's very possible. One of the wonderful things about pregnancy is during pregnancy, you get increased blood volume. And so with that comes more red blood cells. And if you know anything about doping in sport, erythropoietin is the, if you actually produce erythropoietin naturally, and that's what is part of the red blood cell um, like creation in your body, genesis of the red blood cells in your bone marrow. So cyclists used to dope with erythropoietin to make the body create more red blood cells so that you could carry more oxygen, carry more oxygen, you fatigue less, you have like just better improvement and everything. So pregnancy right. is one of those ways where you get more red, more blood volume, more red blood cells, and, and thus oops. improved endurance. And altitude is another one. Altitude so. and then heat training. Those mm-hmm. are the ways that you're going to be able to improve them. So increase your red blood cells count. So, and then with pregnancy, it has a window where it does drop off and you go back to your mm-hmm. normal levels. And so that's why there is this window where it can, the downside is that you also have a baby that doesn't sleep at six months or mm-hmm. four months. So when you're trying to train for a marathon. Oh, it's fine. I'm, I'm, I like, <laughs> I'm already ready to click purchase on the taking care of baby sleep training. Like I'm. I watched my sister. I've heard your horror stories of going through the sleep issues with Lila. I watched my sister literally, like almost identically during the pandemic, go crazy 
with yeah. not her daughter not sleeping. Her my sister's daughter, my niece had a sleep apnea as a child and it wasn't taken care of until recently. She had adenoids and tonsils removed. She's sleeping a lot better, but she's 4 now. So my sister yeah. went through like 4 years, years of not of no sleeping. Sleep. And because this child didn't sleep, she felt really anxious when she was alone. Yeah. And so had to sleep with my sister. So that then there's more disrupted sleep that way. And so I have already kind of made that decision that I'll make an investment into a sleep oh, training yeah. program. Yeah. Um, no, we sleep. I mean, Lila was sleep trained at six, eight weeks because we had we had yeah. paid for a night nurse. But like, but it but, was after all the. No, it's just that they they go into recessions constantly. Regressions, regressions yeah. I mean, through um, throughout childhood. So, and that can, I mean that that can yeah. continue. You can have the you know three, four, whatever years old they were having it's a these good regressions. Thing Brian's but a night owl. My kids have both <laughs> actually been. Incredibly good sleepers where they sleep the oh, night right, compared right. to most yeah. compared to most people's kids. Yeah, and so <laughs> I've been very fortunate. With, with sleep being so important for me, like that is something that I have already like decided. Yeah. Sleep training is a decision oh, that yeah. we're going to make for our family. Um, you know, I don't know what that looks like as far as bassinet in the bedroom, a crib right away. You know, I I I just don't know. I, I do know that because I work in childcare, I'm not going to be someone who's going to be staying home for three or four months. My child will come into childcare relatively soon um, after you know I give birth, and not because I like feel like I have to go back to work, but I just um, I just know that it will be good for them and good for me. Um, Oh yeah, it even if it's is. just part time. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. You'll like probably, I have, yeah. you know what it is. It's, it's that I very have good the for you. privilege it's, in working yeah. with childcare, and very, very often, like this is not something people think of or an industry that people think of having a privilege in. But you know, a lot of people stay home, and staying home is so wonderful mm-hmm. and so great. And there's a good chance I may still stay home for three months. <laughs> But my child will go into childcare at six weeks. You'll probably wait till two months to get all the vaccinations. But that's just my um, that's my you maybe because six weeks they don't have all the shots yet. Yeah, but they're they're they allowed get. they're allowed to go in at six weeks. I know, but I know unfortunately because I'm the executive director, I'm going to have to do like I'm not going to have the luxury to have the full time off. Yeah, you'll have to. So get some I'm going to have to do some work that here time. and there. Of it's, course, uh, being the executive director is similar to being an owner, where you can't really take the. Yeah, you like, can't just push, back off. Right, you, you like I. You have to actually be involved. Unless the timing worked, like the timing worked out for Mountains to Beach, where I did not have to do any work while we were there. But had it been, had we been there on the sixteenth, I would have had to process payroll. Yeah, had we like so. This is just it's just the nature of the beast. Um, of course, but yeah, but I think like my child will go into into childcare like pretty quickly or as soon as they're eligible, and I'll be able to get back to work. And you know, I'm setting the precedent with my coworkers right now that work is wonderful and be at work, but also make sure you're taking care of yourself. And as a parent, if that means you you work, and I'm using air quotes here, you work a ten hour a day and you take a two hour break in order to take time for yourself. I have I support that. Mm-hmm. You know, if it doesn't work for you to come in at nine and leave at six. But it works for your family for you to come in at eight and leave it like because we all have to be there one day until six or two, depending on our schedules. Like 
do that. Like I work 7.30 to 4.30 or 5, but I have the flexibility to take some time off midday um, just because we have to have coverage, you know? So, so be creative with your work schedule and parents out there do not ever feel guilty about leaving your child in childcare for as long as they can be in childcare. Yeah. <laughs> um, because what your children are getting in childcare is quality interaction and if you are distracted and you are at your last wits and you're trying to juggle everything, that quality interaction from those from that provider is the same amazing love and wonderful quality interaction that you actually can't provide yeah. if you're not taking care of yourself. So don't ever feel guilty about taking that extra 30 minutes to go for a run before you pick your child up. Right. Don't feel guilty about dropping them off when it opens so that you can get a workout before you go to work if that's what fills you up. Right. You don't, can't pour from an empty cup. Don't feel guilty about using the available Saturday hours if they have Saturday hours or Friday nights or whatever. Don't feel guilty about hiring babysitters because this is just like your network expanding your network of people that love and care for your child and all that matters with children and I know this is not a child care podcast sorry <laughs> but all that matters with children is that they're getting quality interactions with adults that care about them yeah you yes as parents you guys matter the most you do and your kid will always love you but love is not pie, <laughs> so <laughs> don't worry about it. Love is not pie. There is so much love, and there's enough to go around. You know, it's funny. I actually, on that, I used to always wonder, like, will I be able to love my my own kids as much as I love the kid, the other kids in my life? You know, like, I love Evie. She's my niece, and like, but I don't love her any less than I love Julian, right? But like. Like, my love for Evie doesn't take from Julian. My right. love for Julian doesn't take from Evie. Right. I just have enough. Yeah. You it's, know? It can, yeah, there's more to go around. And then, yeah, with your own kids, they will, of course, you will love them. Yeah. Maybe a tiny bit more than other people's kids. There's, there is a, maybe. there is a factor there of having, you know, there's, it's biological I mean, or it's the fact that you've raised them from that little, you know, runt that, that comes out that oh, you yeah. have like this complete, like, but you also like have, the energy, like I have the energy with other kids and the patience with other kids that I may not have with my own with because own, yeah. you because you spend all that time and you have all the difficult moments too. So Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that I have this the patience that I have. Well, no, actually I hope that I have more patience with my kids than some some kids and some behaviors just really get to me. Great. It's funny. It's the behaviors the I did myself that really. Oh yeah, me. it really. It's and when I you see to, it in your in your own kids. I have to take like a deep breath and like be like they're really struggling right now. I know. I'm and I almost yeah. have to be like, what would help me? And then sometimes I have to remember like nothing would have helped me at that time. Right. So, it, but that's, sometimes it's, really it's tough. yeah. A lot of times I just do the you know I'm like okay this is the moment that she needs me more when I'm feeling out yeah, like totally at you know yeah. irritated with some behavior and it's like so a lot of times it's just the hug like yeah. you bring them in with a hug and that can bring it down and help them out sometimes it doesn't but you know like yeah. like it's I saw so it yesterday hard. when like she was panicking and then when I got there and she was crying oh, and like we, she, we had a hard afternoon yesterday and like she was crying at at her after school program and like 
you know, I saw it in, that's how I would be. I would get over emotional and be crying. We actually talked about this before the podcast and it ties, I won't share the whole story, but it ties into ADHD and perceptions. And one of the things that's really, really tough is there are ways when you have ADHD, whether you know it or not as a child, there are things that become truths about yourself because the way people treat you and it's just it's completely unfair and so we have to like lift this stigma off of this um there was an incident that happened that adults told lila something and lila just believed it and it was not her fault at all but because of how she'd been treated over and over and over she immediately assumed it was her fault. She had made a mistake and she had to suffer the consequences. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's something that we as adults have to be very, very careful when we're working with children. We have to believe children. Right. Yeah. Cause, and they internalize like over and over, you know, like, so that, yeah, like you said, they internalize that they're the one in the wrong. And so it is really hard if, um, if, if you're kind of always the, if you're always the child that's doing something bad or wrong and then you just figure, well, I guess I'm, I did the bad thing yeah, again here you know, in this situation. We actually stopped talking about bad behavior or undesirable behavior and good behavior. We call it mistaken behavior, just mistakes yeah. because everybody makes mistakes. Um, nobody's perfect. I gotta work it again and again till I get it right. Hannah Montana, anyone? Um, but everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. Um, but when we think about it, when we reframe it as it's a mistake and we allow children to communicate and ask questions and feel comfortable. And as adults, we, we also don't feel attacked because so many times as adults, we can feel attacked when somebody questions us. So yeah. Anyway, that was a a long tangent. (laughs) I don't even know what we were talking about. I know. Well, we should get back to our topic this week. You know what though? But we should share. We had an awesome lunch the other day with Elizabeth Clore. Yes. The author of Boston Bound. Yes. And I think she agreed to come on our podcast, which is super exciting. Yeah, I really want to, you know, get all of the inside um, information on how she became, you know, she, she like in her book, she struggled for seven years to Boston qualify. And now she Boston qualifies like it's nothing. Like well, she's so fast. And so and she's, her title of her book, it's not like Boston bound. She made it to Boston and now right. she's bound to get there. It's Boston bound. She was like tied up. Like chained up. Chained by to this, a goal that yes. she couldn't hit. And so it's so exciting to like, I am so excited to get the book and read through. And I'm so excited to have her on. She's also local touch us which is great yeah so and we meet up for runs yeah sometime. what's so cool is I actually saw her in the airport coming back from CIM and I was like too nervous to say hello because I was like but she's like a big deal yeah I know. <laughs> and now I'm like oh she's just a wonderful lovely person it's... that probably would have loved to say hello to me in of course airport, she would have. Getting on the same flight. Yeah. From CIM. <laughs> well, it's like Ash waiting for us I and know. looking for us after I know. Mountains of Beach. It's so crazy. So, so here's yeah. your here's your um, tip then. When you see someone that you recognize from Instagram, even if you don't know them, go up and say hello. I act a little weird and like, um, hi, even <laughs> though I'm super outgoing as a person. So just keep pushing, be like, I follow, like, be like, hi, Liz, I follow you on Instagram. Like, I follow you, Naomi. I'm really excited to meet you. My name is this. And then, like, that'll, like, because 
like sometimes um, people will just be like, hi, and I'll be like, I don't know who you are. Please explain it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like basically, especially in the running We're community. We're just all normal people. It's, yeah, it, like these running celebrities that we've like met and come to contact to, they're always the nicest people. And yeah. so, you know, don't assume that they um, are like, gonna not want to talk to you no. I don't know every every we like all, famous runner we've met has been like the nicest person and even though we don't have a ton of followers but thank you you guys are our followers and we love you yeah. um everyone that puts their self out there it, for running and for helping the community we're all doing this because we love it and we want to connect we're not doing it because we want attention we we just want to connect <laughs> we want to connect with people we want to help people like that's why I'm a coach that's that's why I do what I do I love connection I build community so. yeah that's one of my three words for 2023 which is why it was perfect to start the podcast so you know how you did like the pick the words out of the yeah. scramble and my words that came up were connection uh-huh. change and I don't know power or something but connection oh. was like like, I was like, oh, if we start a podcast, that's a way to connect. I love so. that. That's really awesome. Yeah. Connection connection is huge. One of my – so I've always done like a word of the year where I like look back and I'm like, okay, this is my theme for the year. Yeah. And it used to – like one year I picked fearless and, uh, and then another year I picked grateful because I wanted to practice being more grateful and be having more gratitude just in general. And I realized that whatever you practice and whatever you focus on, you get more of. Yeah. So whether or not you embody it at the moment does not matter. It, with it being intentional, it will improve. So like I picked intention one year and then I picked um, – and then, you know, really I've been living my life under a theme of community and building community and that's what yeah. I talk about at work and like that's what we do here is we build a community of safety, a community of athletes, a community of fun. So – so connection, though, I love that. Yeah, and we do that. have a Facebook community that we would like to build. So if you, you know, come find us on there. Yeah, we'll um, put the link in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and then we're developing new communities for summer training, uh, summer training, fall training, things like that. We yeah. are not going to have paywalls at first, but we will have kind of a um, uh, kind of a contract of interaction. We don't want these to be giant communities without interaction. We or giant groups without interaction. We don't. We no. don't want them to be empty rooms full or big rooms full of people. We want them to be full of engaging conversation. Right. And even even if that means that it's smaller for a little while. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, um, you know, one of the speaking of like Ash. Um, and finding us, which was so sweet. I, um, I like told, I like messaged Kindle or posted somewhere. I was like, oh, we should like all do a race together. We could, yeah. we could be the double twins, do a double twins yeah. race. Ash is trying to get me to do princess, but I think I will be too pregnant. I mean, I there's, Hopefully. maybe I won't be, Hopefully but be. I mean, maybe I will be. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, maybe it could be my last race. Penny is starting right. to get her, uh. Starting to get her wrap it up, wrap it up look, <laughs> or maybe we'll take a take a dog pause. But yeah, we um, should talk a little bit about reverse tapering. Like we're doing oh, yeah. this this twenty six day. So literally, so it's so the reverse taper. You come off of a race, and you either had an awesome day or you had a terrible day, and you either want to get right back into training so you can build yeah. on that, or you want to uh, get right back into training because you want revenge. And so the idea is that every mile that you for each mile that you raced, you should be taking a day of 
rest or active recovery. Um, and we posted an awesome little, you know, thing yeah, about what I'm is active recovery oh, versus, you know, what are the different um, ways you can recover? So we, um, so we made the commitment and we kind of set it on here that we were going to do our full 26 days, which is one mile per mile raced or one day per mile raced. Um, but it doesn't mean that we're taking 26 days off. No, no. So um, we are doing, we did seven to 10 days of resting and we rested really for six. <laughs> we did a, we did do a 5k to get a badge, but we did 15 thirties. It was pretty easy. It's like a 35 minute. It was yeah. great. If Naomi hadn't had the quad issue and I almost think that maybe the trigger point exacerbated it a, a, a little, little bit, bit yeah. post race, but it allowed you to be able to run. So yes. we did, we did, we got our 5k badge, but we did mostly rest for six days. Mm-hmm. Then I bought a bike, <laughs> which, um, Megan and David actually just had on their podcast, like if go you buy a bike, bike, go buy a bike. And yes, do and it. <laughs> I'm going to share with you kind of a story about like buy the most expensive bike that you can afford yeah. versus trying to cheap out on a bike. Um, it is going to ride a lot smoother and it's going to feel a lot nicer to ride. And I have like kind of two examples of this. Last summer, I bought an entry-level mountain bike and it's it, it was fine. But as soon as I got on the next level up with a slightly different geometry, my mountain bike riding changed entirely. Now, we've been able to retrofit the bike that I bought to have very similar geometry now, but it took more than the cost of the next level bike, Ouch. or at least yeah. the same amount. Thank goodness I've got a friend who's a bike mechanic. He's working on getting his bike mechanic certification, and he's like a gearhead. Um, Mahesh, hey Mahesh, if you're listening, <laughs> he's amazing, and so he works on our bikes for us. So now I have two mountain bikes, which is great, uh, because he lent me his daughter's, which is the one that has like amazing geometry, and I just love to ride. Um, and I haven't ridden my new one, or my mine that I bought last year since he tuned it up, but... Um, anyway, so that was like a mistake that I made last year. And then this year I tuned up my road bike, which it actually was doing just fine. The braking was a little off and I think that I would have been fine riding it the whole time. Yeah. Um, the braking was a little off and one, a couple of the gears felt like they were a little slippy. So po- probably just needed a new chain. Anyway, we stopped at the bike lane, which is the bike store right by us to buy gloves and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy a bike. So I dropped <laughs> almost $4,000 on a bike. And I am so happy about it. Um, so go buy a bike. You don't have to spend four grand, but definitely... I would say to get a quality bike, you're going to look at about $1,500. Yeah. It is expensive. Um, Brian has has kind of... Uh, and, and his points make sense to me. Don't buy a used bike unless you know the person because mm-hmm. you don't know possible crashes. Yep. And a lot of bikes have carbon pieces and carbon can crack. And yes. you just want to make sure you're on a safe, safe bike. bike. Yeah. So if you know the person, totally fine. Yeah, because so. you won't get – it's not like we, with a car where you get the car facts and you can really check out what's happened with this thing. But yeah. And you don't know how they treated it, where they kept it, how they stored it. And so, yeah, and I agree, like – if you know, I mean, fifteen hundred is is a lot of money, but if you can afford to go higher, like you can yeah. get a much better bike. And I'm really glad that even though I wasn't biking a lot, or I haven't biked a lot in fifteen years or whatever since 
you know, since my, yeah, my crash, my husband bought me a really nice bike last year for my birthday and I'm excited and it was a great investment. I'm excited to, and it's the same bike that Liz yeah. just got, and I'm so excited to be able to have a really good bike versus, well, yeah. And what's exciting about the bike that we got, so we both have the Trek Tamani and it, its geometry is a little more upright than a traditional road bike. It's sort of in between a gravel bike and a road bike, which um, just the geometry has you sit up a little bit more. And so it can do a little bit. It can also handle uh, some thicker tires. We have kind of the mid-level tires. It can handle slightly closer to gravel. Um, and then it can also handle road bike tires. So it really is kind of an all-around great bike for someone who is not into cycling, cycling, someone who's still like a recreational stepping, runner, stepping but... into, I would say... A, a kind of a serious athlete who is right. stepping into cycling yeah. as cross training versus someone who's like a cyclist. Although and they do market it as a race bike, though, no. so the Demone is a very fast race bike. If oh you, yeah, and if you want it to be, then great. I mean, I'm I'm fine with not going above twenty five miles an hour. Like, yeah, I would. <laughs> but, I would also go to the bike store. Don't uh, get fitted, or sorry, do get fitted. Don't pay too much attention to, well, you should be on this size. You should be on that size. Go with what feels right. Yeah. Um, it was actually, I, I started, so I, I have always ridden a 56 road bike, always. Um, in fact, I actually, for a short time, borrowed a friend's 58, which like the seat had to be all the way down and I could barely touch the pedals, but I, I did it. It was fine. Um, so, but I've always ridden a 56. So I go in there and I'm like, Oh, look, you have a 56 right there. Let me try it. And I hop right on. They didn't even have to lower the seat for me. It was like perfect. And I was like, okay, this feels great. I'm going to get it. And then as soon as my pet, we put my pedals on, I was like, all right, I think I do. I, we lowered it a smidge. Just a long hair. story long. Um, but then I get it back, and Scott, and Amy's husband's like, oh, you bought a 56? I ride a 54, and I was like, did I make a horrible mistake? No. And, well, and what's, you know, it's, <laughs> and then Mahesh, it's centimeters, too. so, like, you know, two centimeters is an inch. Right. Like, it's not a lot, and you but, have long legs, so, like, it's not. But then not, Mahesh said yeah. the same thing. Oh, you have a 56? This is my size. I didn't know that you rode a large. I was like, yeah. I was like well, because in mountain bikes... Um, they fitted me on a medium and that's what I've been riding. Yeah. But if I actually, if I look at the Trek you thing, should I should large. be on a medium large, which is in between. So mountain bikes are small, medium, medium, large, large, extra large. Um, <laughs> which is funny that they have like that middle size in between medium and large. Right. And then, um. They had a need for it. Yeah. And then road bikes are in centimeters and they go from like 40 something all the way up to, who knows how big, but it, it's just funny because I didn't even try any other bike. I, I was just like, <laughs> it I'll fits. take that one. It fits, and that's what matters. It's, <laughs> and it's yeah. it's so pretty. But you know what? Um, your stem doesn't go down as much, but mine right. mine goes down. They I changed bet, that from I last bet year. You could ride my bike, like right, honestly, if, if we the, drop the seat, right? I I bet it would be just fine, like because because I have long arms too. So like, because it's, well, it's the geometry between your you know your where your waist where you sit right. and your handlebars and too. And there's some adjustment too, like the seat seats on bikes move backwards and forwards. Like you just have to know to adjust them. You can get shorter tube stems, like from which is like where the handlebars connect. You can get shorter stems there, like so you can change the geometry on a bike on different sizes. So. So the long story long is don't get too hung up on it should be this, it should be that. Um, get fitted and and see what feels right. 
Um, the, the size and guides on the website are pretty good. So you start mm-hmm. in whatever they tell they say, and then you adjust from there. Um, and sometimes if a size is on sale and you can get the fit right on the sale size, that's actually how I ended up with a 56. Um, I went to REI. With your, with your other bike, yeah. I went to REI, and they had an extra large, which is how they sized them, which is what I ended up getting, a women's extra large, and they had a women's extra small in the previous year's bike. <laughs> right. So And so they did offer me some money for That's, my old bike. They oh, offered bike me lane. $20, <laughs> yeah, and I said, no. I'll keep it. <laughs> That's a backup. Yeah, and like I have my, I have very similar thing where I bought, it was the prior year model, mm-hmm. and it was down to only 700 bucks. my one that I bought back in 07, and it was a men's small maybe, whatever yeah. it was. It wasn't quite the right fit for me, but like it was only $700, oh. and that was what I could afford you in 2007. You know what we should do? We should, uh, we should refit my old bike for your trainer. Well, my old bike is on my trainer. It's great. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're fine with it. All right. Well, I, mean, I was like, I was like, because it's like, oh but, yeah, you should but just get a Peloton. My old bike is on my trainer, and it's and it fits just fine. You should just get um, a Peloton because um, the Peloton is so fun to ride. I know. Um, I have to figure out where I'd put it, or would I put my just trainer wherever your trainer away? Is. And you just I put am, your, you just sell your trainer. Yeah. You don't even need it. Well, anymore. we're not going to sell that trainer. Scott would go crazy. We can't sell a trainer like that. You can't it's, sell it's a kinetic trainer. No. Um, <laughs> so back to the so biking as part of our active recovery and our our like. Oh, but we downtime. did 40K, so... We did. Actually, we did more than 40K. Yeah. We ended up do, You ended up doing 33 miles. I did 29, I think, yeah. on the day. And you had done 16 the day before. I did 16 the day before. Now, <laughs> I have a kid's tandem bike, which is the best bike ever. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Um, the kid rides up front, and the kid can actually do all the pedaling, which is really <laughs> cool. So I made my four... Enlist your four-year-old. <laughs> I made my poor four-year-old niece pedal for like 35 seconds by herself, and that was the only only time she whined, she said, Auntie, I need a break now. <laughs> Poor girl. <laughs> but it it's awesome. And it's so upright. And it like I love the kids' tandem. It's um a company out of Boulder, Colorado makes them, and usually they sell them to like resorts and stuff. And of course, my dad was like, I need this bike when my um oh, so when cool. my sister's oldest was was young. So Aww. so it's it's so fun to have, and it's got a big basket. You can take the kids. Um, seat and the kids' handlebars off and put a basket there. And so I've been talking about when Naomi is training and I am pregnant, I'll go out. And I did I did some reading, and I don't know how I'm going to feel, but um, I figure if I ride slowly with their running pace, I'm at right. pretty low risk of falling. <laughs> at five miles an hour, yeah. you'll be okay. <laughs> I'm at pretty low risk of falling, and I can yeah. carry, like, a big jug of water, and I can carry all their stuff, That'll which so is cool. really exciting. <laughs> Oh, that's the thing I'm most excited about with stroller running is to not have to carry a bottle. I know. I freaking love stroller running. And yeah, let me tell you, I am a beast at stroller running. I know. I love it. I'm like, yeah, let's go. It's great until, until you do it as much as I was doing it until yeah. you do a hundred plus miles a month with it and injure yourself. So it is great. But I, when I saw, yeah, Megan and David starting their stroller journey and I was like, but I want to tell them like off. they're switching off. Like, yes. And that's, but they're starting with 16 milers and I'm like, be careful guys. Yeah. Cause yeah. But remember 16 milers is like eight miles for us time wise. Yes. So that's true. <laughs> All right. So seven to 10 days of resting that includes walks, but possibly very short runs, 15 to 20 minutes. Um, and then 
11 to 17 days, the focus is still on sleep because so sleep is the most important thing, most important part of recovery. Um, we're going to, we're adding in short runs at this point. We did a 20 minute run plus a 30 minute walk yesterday. And then days 18 through 26, you can do more of the same, more of the same adding in those short runs, but now you can start to add in some longer runs but like you're maybe still an hour. not doing workouts. Workouts yeah. don't start until after that 26 days of recovery. Mm-hmm. And then you start back at the beginning of a plan. And Jeff's plans are really long. Um, what I'm going to do to mentally help us is I'm going to actually chop them up into a pre-race plan that's shorter and then a race plan. So right. it feels like we're starting over in the middle of them because I do believe that you need six months to get to a goal race. But I think that being on this, the quote, same plan for six months can be arduous. And so I'm going to kind of chop it up into like kind of eight week segments. Like you have your base building segment, then you have your speed segment, and then you have your distance segment. Right. And because I feel like with us, we know that we can, we've had good um, history of being able to hop in from going from like six miles mm-hmm. and jumping right to 16. Right. Now that's just, or eight miles or whatever, and jumping up to like 16. That's just not for everybody. It's maybe, you know, it's not, if you're a novice, like don't just maybe jump right. up that high in distance, but it's worked for us in the past. And so we know that we can kind of have a base building and a speed part of it where then we can jump into our longer distances. And one of, one of my favorite three-week cycle kind of plans is a three-week cycle where you run um, eight, 12, 15 or 16, 8, 12, 16, and you cycle back. 8, 12, 16. Mm-hmm. And those are your long runs on the weekends because at any point, if you're kind of doing that in a three-week cycle, and you could even go 6, 8, 12, like each month, 6, 8, 12, 16, 6, 8, 12, 16. At any time, if you've done that the month before, you can jump into a marathon plan because you're already at 16 base. And you're running so much slower than marathon distance. This is Galloway method. This is not, you know... Uh, gray zone training. This is Galloway training. So you're, if you're doing this 8, 12, 16 cycle, you're doing it really, you know, everybody says two plus minutes off your marathon pace, but we're really talking about four minutes off In Galloway. Of marathon yeah. pace. Like that's really what we're talking about here. 1130s, 12 minute miles with our hopeful, mar- our current marathon pace being 930 like yeah, so if we're doing our, eleven thirty, that's two minutes. And if we're but if we're shooting for an eight thirty or an eight twenty, we're yeah. doing three to four minutes yeah, off. So. And you know, and then um, with you know that by a bike, you're going to look at time based to replace mm-hmm. or to. Um, so if you're doing that eight. 12, 15, and let's say your twelve is a you know normally that would be a two hour and fifteen minute bike um, run. You can look at that and switch it out for a two hour and fifteen minute bike ride, which will get you your forty k yeah. badge. So, and then I would even say with biking, there's such a low risk of hurting yourself mm-hmm. by biking, like you know on on the bike that you can do low aerobic biking multiple days a week with your running yeah. plan. But just remember that. Biking is not rest. It is not recovery. So you do need one full rest day a week where you're not biking and you're not running. And the only thing you're doing is maybe a short walk. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still a proponent for 10,000 steps a day, even on a rest day. But if you are throwing a strength workout on a non-running day, that is not a rest day. Mm-hmm. If you're throwing a two-hour ride on a non-running day, day, that is not a rest day. If you're I, getting in the pool and swimming, like, again, yeah, it's yeah, not a rest day. It's not a rest day. I would say, though, 
It could be considered a rest day if your heart rate's low, you're only pulling, and you're less than 40 minutes. I could still call that a recovery day yeah. um, because it's not really a workout. Um, that right. Because swimming can be and so, like, relaxing. The same with, like, a very low, easy ride. Like, yeah. you know, like, if it's but a... If you're, I'm talking about, like, 30, 30 to 40 minutes. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You yeah. kind of, once you cap you cap it out at the time, again, too, I think, is what's important. Yeah. So... Um, and time-based training. Maybe we should do a whole episode on time-based so. training. Yeah. And then we still have a whole episode on food and all of that to go into. Um, yeah. But, so just remember that when it comes to tapering, reverse tapering, and active recovery after your cycle... This is your goal race. You have to honor the the whole cycle. Me, honor the whole cycle that you the trained. The entire cycle with one day per mile raced of reverse taper recovery. So that's why 5Ks, you can run them every other weekend because you only need three days to recover in theory. Right. <laughs> in yeah, theory. depending on if you injure yourself. But yeah, so that's the main takeaway for yeah. it is like it's not just about race day. It's really about that cycle. You have to look at that yeah. whole entire cycle. So. And we have we've done this the wrong way before. Like we oh, went, yeah. we went right from we did a 10 mile now in the spring of 2017, we did a 10 mile training cycle. And during our first like trial race a month before our goal or a month and a half before our goal race, we ended up getting our goal (laughs) and then, and then blew the 10 K or the 10 mile at the end, like our goal race out of the water, like crushed it. Um, then we went right into, so that was April, um, May or May, we maybe were down a tiny bit, but barely. Um, or the Fredericksburg, um. You know, oh, we did the double, double dog double. double, dog, double. So no, we didn't take any. We downtime. didn't take any downtime, and we've done it where after a marathon, six days and later, then, I'm running. You know, eight miles again. Yeah. I've I've done well, it many times, and then we did Chicago, and then we paced more. And so 2017, yes. you know, we did double dog double May, end of May. Twenty, yeah, this was 2018 20, with the ten miler, and then double dog. We had done yeah, double dog double the year before too. Double dog double 2018, right into training for Chicago. Right into pacing, right into we both did. I did Philly, you did CIM. Redemption, quote, redemption races at the end of that cycle. Yep. And then we had December, we had to train up for Dopey, so no downtime. Yep. Then at Dopey, January, we are like, we're going to do Mountains to Beach. So we went right into Mountains to Beach training. I think we took maybe a week after Dopey, I think two weeks or three weeks after Dopey, we yeah. did 12 by one or 10 by one or something yeah. ridiculous. We jumped right Eight back by in. One. Like, and it was great. I think we may have rested like a week after Dopey. I do remember taking but some downtime, but it wasn't long. very long. It wasn't very long. And then by by the time I did Grandma's in June, I was fully burnt out on training altogether. Like, yeah. that's the other key is now, not just physically, but you're just going to mentally burn out. At that time, I, I was coaching swimming, so June was really easy for me to, like, take some downtime yeah. in June while you were doing Grandma's. But I had massive FOMO. I wanted to go run <laughs> Grandma's so bad um, just because you were with uh, Sherry, Sherry and Carol Ann. Yeah. And, and it would have been fun. Yeah. Um, but so I had June off and then, but then I ran my highest mileage month ever that July. And then, yeah, so really and then again not, in August yeah. and then again in September. Now you were pregnant at that point, but I mean, I ran, like I went from being like someone who averaged 125 to 130 miles a month to someone who was averaging, you know, 160 to 200. Right. So now I had a lot of success at that point. So 
that's where I'm like, oh, yeah. I got to get some more time. The in. trial of miles. Yeah. But yeah, but it uh, just honor, you know, honor that journey that got you to the start line and yeah. to the finish line. And, Absolutely. And then, you know, you still will be able to, like, we're going to come back and build off mm-hmm. of where we were. We're not losing anything yeah. here. So, yeah, it's going to be really great. And, you know, kind of the the effect, though, of that cumulative, all those cumulative races through December 2019 when I ran CIM. Then we go to Disney, and yes, it was a super hot day. It really, really was. But I was so fatigued in Disney um, running the marathon that I eked out a 359. Like, I did not... I did not crush. I mean, granted, it was a black flag day. They did close the race. But still, like, I had, I was just. You couldn't run to where you actually should have been able to. I was just so done. And, like, you know, and then the pandemic happened. But I was, like, looking back in February, I ran a 20-miler solo. And I was, like, what was I training for? And then I was, like, oh, yeah, I was training for London. (laughs) Yes, that's right. So, But it's just, it's, um it's just crazy how it like my whole system was really like shot after that. And yeah. like maybe the pandemic played a role in it too, but I think really you would have like, yeah, if it weren't for the pandemic, you may have crashed either way. Like right. your body may have crashed. Absolutely. At that point. Absolutely. So. Because you've got to have rest and recovery. You ha- And especially as we get older. So we're, we're definitely going to have to talk to, um, what are you looking for? Oh, I was just trying to pull this back up. Oh, okay. Whoops. We'll definitely have to talk to some more people who are very well versed in how to recover as um, older athletes. Yeah, so that's true too. That's something we are engaging into, endeavoring into being older. <laughs> yep. <laughs> With Nami's birthday Faster coming master. up this weekend. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, she's gonna be forty. Can you believe it? It's so exciting. It's exciting. So we'll be back in the same age group. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we only have one year when we're not in the same. <laughs> One year every five, four years. Right. So we're not Where the we same have, age group. <laughs> right. All right. So well, we'll we better wrap it yeah. up there. And thank we'll, you guys so yeah. much for joining us. And sorry there was such a long chat about parenting, but <laughs> hopefully I'll have some amazing, exciting announcements to make right. in, you know, later this summer. But as for now, I'll keep taking my birth control <laughs> to try to get pregnant. <laughs> That's right. All right. Thanks. Have a great right. day, everybody. Bye. Bye.